Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And on the last podcast, Chris, audience, we uh, joked about how the New York Giants just signed wide receiver Jameson Crowder. And in the most apropos way, the New York Giants went out right after we were done recording the podcast, Chris. And they signed two more guys. And the reason we were joking initially was because usually the Giants do that to us. Usually the Giants sign players after we are done recording and then we have to re-record or drop it. And everyone is like, why are you talking about that? It's old news. Well, we thought we got ahead of it last time, Chris, with the Jameson Crowder signing. But about an hour later, as we were recording, the Giants went out and they signed cornerback Amani Oruwarie, and boom, we're just going to call him Amani O. That's like five syllables right there. It's a mouthful. And backup tight end, Tommy Sweeney. So some new New York Giants to go over here, Chris. But first, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's you know, nice and sunny out, and it's not even 24 hours since last time we recorded. So it, a lot can change in that amount of time, but not too much has here. <laughs> Yeah, it's Friday morning right now, and this podcast will likely drop on Saturday, so we hope you enjoy the Big Blue View radio weekend content. And let's start with Amani O. Chris, do you want to try to pronounce that last name or not? I'm not going to make you try to do that because oh, you mean Owarie. I, I, look at that, man. I love the fact that you just stuck that landing right there. I was yeah, trying it several times before the I was going to say, he's one of the ones I practiced back during the draft, uh, 2019 in his case. <laughs> yes, Oruwarie. Now that I'm doing it, I feel like I'm in a groove, so I may attempt to do so, but I'm sure I will botch that up throughout this next upcoming season. But I see a lot of talk around Twitter about Amani Oruwarie, about how since he is about six foot two, 200 plus pounds, that he is a press man coverage corner. And that's who the Giants signed. And I just wrote an extensive piece, over 2,000 words, with video cut-ups and everything, GIFs, over at Big Blue View. So please, I encourage everyone to go over there and check it out. I got to tell you, that was not my impression of his tape. I did not see somebody who was going to thrive as a press man corner and to just start at the line of scrimmage when he was in press for the Detroit Lions. I got to say, Chris, man, there were a lot of technical issues with his press attack, with his jam. Because remember, press is an alignment, and then the action of pressing, that's called a jam. And whenever he did jam, which was not all that often, his punch was erratic, his timing was messed up, his feet and his hands were not married together, and I just felt like he did not have great technique up at the line of scrimmage. Hopefully it's something Jerome Henderson can fix, but I had some I had some concerns whenever he was aligned in press. Yeah, same. I thought his when he attempted to jam, he got way out over his skis. His jam was really more of a lunge. Uh, one of the first plays I saw of him was lined up in press against A.J. Brown week one against the Eagles. And he went to jam Brown, which you figure big corner, big wide receiver. OK, let's see these guys mix it up. Uh, Brown basically just vaguely sidestepped the jam and did almost like a judo move almost almost like a uh, two-hand swipe type move like you'd see a pass rusher do something like that and Oarie was just stumbling 
back towards the line of scrimmage, and Brown was about 10 yards past him in the blink of an eye. I, I definitely agree. I do not want I do not want to see him in press man coverage all that often. I don't think he has the hips for it outside of his uh, foot and hand technique pressed up. Yeah, I kind of I kind of termed him a uh, conditional Zoolander with respect to his feet and hips. You know, normally you see a a cornerback he, if he's going to be right in a wide receiver's hip pocket, he needs quick feet, he needs fluid oily hips to use the Mayockism, which I personally love to just kind of get in phase and stay in phase throughout the route. And Amanio, he, he just doesn't really have that. There were instances I saw where the wide receiver, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, both did this exceptionally well against him. Use just a quick fake towards the sideline. He'd open his hips, start to cover what I think maybe he assumed was either an outside release on a probably a a a corner route fade route something like that only to see the wide receiver move back inside and rather than just planting his outside foot open up his inside hip and follow he had to complete the turn and that's kind of where i got the zoolander from because those of you who may remember the movie zoolander zoolander was not an ambi-turner he could not turn left. He could only turn right at the end of a catwalk, and that's kind of what happened with Oruarie. That's an ingenious description of Oruarie. I see I almost did it there. His his tape and his inability to quickly change direction in those types of situations. And it also happened to his inside as well because there was a play in that week one game against Philadelphia where Devonta Smith released inside. He opened his hips, and then Smith it was in the red zone just darted towards the pylon in the uh, the near pylon and Oruwarie just reached out and grabbed him. Just all you see is yellow laundry thrown on the field. And speaking of yellow laundry, this is somebody who had 10, pe- 10 penalties this past season. Now, six of them came, I believe it was in week three against Minnesota, which was by far and away his worst game. But he's still somebody who had eight in the previous season and seven in the season before that. So this is a player who's very grabby. And I think it's because he's not all that confident in his ability to quickly change direction. I think these twitchier type of wide receivers, they give him an issue whenever he is up closer towards the line of scrimmage. And whenever they get up into his cushion, if he is an off man coverage or if he is an an off type of coverage. Now, Oberwarie is a player who in 2020, he started opposite of rookie Jeff Okuda. 2021, he ends up starting as well. And 2021 was his best season. He had six interceptions, five PBUs. I mean, he has nine interceptions of 14 passes defended throughout his career so far. And if you go back to his tape at Penn State, he had ball skills there. And we'll get into his ball skills in a little bit, but it seemed like he really lost his confidence and just really failed to execute discipline with his hips, not even just at the line of scrimmage, but also up the stem, which I saw in the Seattle game against Tyler Lockett in week four. Tyler Lockett, and some of the plays weren't even completed, but Tyler Lockett just cooked him down the field whenever he was alone against Oruwarie, and it was really concerning. And guess what happened shortly after that? He ends up riding pine. He got benched after the Miami game, and he just became a the third cornerback for the Lions as the Lions started to find their groove. And it wasn't until his game against the New York Giants in week 11 that he saw the football field again. And I felt like his Giants tape, it wasn't terrible. But this is a player who 
was effectively benched on a defense that wasn't all that great last season. So I think we have to keep that in perspective when we're talking about Obuwariye's game. Yeah, in fact, I I think it was his game against the Giants that really got their attention and perhaps even led to this signing because, at least statistically, that was his best game. He was targeted six times. He only gave up one completion, and that was for 11 yards. So that's 1.8 yards per target and a quarterback rating of 39.6 when it went his way. So that that is really that starting cornerback numbers. The problem is that his games around then were just not good. <laughs> you know, you, you really do have to go back to 2021 for him to be a consistently productive cornerback. And you brought up cover three. And I do wonder if that might not be the best alignment for him. It's maybe somewhat similar to uh, to Trevin Diggs coming out of Alabama. Trevon Diggs, yeah, and he's been able to transition to much more of a, of a man coverage type of role, despite the fact that he is a little bit more high-hipped. But I actually felt like Oruwariye's tape in 2021 was pretty damn solid, right? Like we went over the six interceptions, looked like two of them were Fugazi interceptions where one of them was just a complete overthrow against the Cleveland Browns and he was just in the right position. Another one was a play against Chicago where he was absolutely toasted at the line of scrimmage by the wide receivers release. I think it might've been Allen Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. And, and the ball was tipped up in the air and doing one of the turns that you were you were referencing before one of those Zoolander type of turns, the ball just kind of landed in his lap. But there were also really impressive interceptions, like one interception on Justin Fields where he undercut a skinny post route where it looked like he might have been beat a little bit, but he has pretty good recovery speed once his hips are oriented. That's one thing I do like about Overwarrior is his recovery speed, and he works under and he worked underneath the the uh the catch point ended up picking off that pass he had a really impressive pick six against kyler murray as well where he was against aj green on the backside and kyler murray tried to throw outside the numbers and over just worked through the catch point again and that's something i like about him is he consistently does work through the catch point and what i mean by that is whenever a wide receiver is extending his hands going to catch the football over isn't just trying to take the body He's not just going for the tackle. He is trying to get that incompletion, and I feel like he does a solid job from a technical standpoint using the inside arm to work through that while controlling the wide receiver with his outside arm, saying if he was on, I believe that would be the right side of the line of scrimmage. So I think in general, he does a good job at the catch point, and that's one of the reasons why he gets all these PBUs and he gets these interceptions. His ball skills are there. It's just my concerns with his coverage ability and his... I guess, lack of effectiveness at allowing opposing wide receivers to create separation that give me a little bit of pause when we're talking about Amani Oruwariye as a cornerback two for the Giants moving forward. Yeah, I agree there. And I think that does kind of hint towards why the Giants may have moved from Fabian Moreau to Oruwariye because Moreau is the better athlete. Like it's not even really close. He's faster he's more agile i believe he's more explosive and they're pretty similar size about the same weight maybe an inch inch and a half difference but moreau doesn't have the ball skills he isn't as good at playing the catch point and 
yes, interceptions do tend to come in bunches, and some of them are right place, right time type interceptions, but others come because you are being consistently competitive at the catch point, and you're able to get to the catch point before the receiver or win the catch point the way the receiver normally expects to. And that's something the Giants just were not good at last year. The, the Giants just really could not generate interceptions, and really turnovers are the best way to stop a modern offense. Yes, especially in today's day and age, really, when offenses are passing the football so much. So that's the idea around bringing a guy like Amani Oruwari. I think, again, it could be perceived as a high upside type of move because despite the fact that there may be some athletic limitations, like, look, I think he's an adequate, a sufficient athlete for a cornerback, but he's not a difference-making one. But I think if you are able to get Jerome Henderson to teach him the technique and refine that technique then the athletic limitations can be mitigated a little bit. And that's the idea around bringing in a guy like this, a 27-year-old player who has some good tape, who has some traits. But if he is able to develop, Chris, his ability at the line of scrimmage in press, if he's able to actually develop an effective jam, if he is more disciplined with his hips and his feet and his hands and his eyes at the line of scrimmage, then maybe he can be at least an adequate to solid press corner that you're going to look to replace. But that's like the upside of Oruwarie. I still think Henderson can can do a solid enough job to get this guy to a place where he can be a solid spot starter for you, somebody who won't kill you. And I think that's the idea of this signing right now. It's a one-year deal. It's We haven't seen the numbers yet, but it's likely very modest. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, I, I feel like he is kind of a replacement for Fabian Moreau, at least on the Giants depth chart. Yeah, he's I believe he was a former second round pick. He's a name got name people know, but I don't think that lends itself to being a splash signing and a an answer opposite Odori Jackson for the Giants cornerback situation. And like a lot of the Giants other signings, I I feel like he really is a a safety net for just in case that the draft board doesn't fall the way the Giants are hoping and they run into a nightmare scenario. They've got a guy there. They've got several guys there with Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott who can give you some quality reps. They've got some traits you can develop, some some skills with which the Wink Martindale and Jerome Henderson and just the defense in general can work. So if something bad happens, you're not left scrambling. I'll say this about the Giants cornerback situation before we go into an ad break. And one more thing on Oruarie as well. If Oruarie beats out Cordell Flott, that's a problem. I think Cordell Flott has enough talent that he should earn the cornerback two spot if the Giants don't go out and add a cornerback at 25, which I still think is certainly on the table. So if Oruwarie is starting opposite of Adore Jackson and Cordell Flott is fully healthy, that's not good for the New York Giants, in my honest opinion. And another thing, he was a fifth round pick. He wasn't a he wasn't a second round pick. And uh one more thing about yeah, <laughs> it's all good. One more thing about Oruwarie. Those two numbers too, look Chris. similar. <laughs> 
They look very similar. They look, I confuse them all the time. One, five, three, four, two. I do it all the time. But one other thing about Oruarie that is important is I don't love him in run support, which is going to be a, a big factor, and it always is, to playing defense in Wink Martindale's system, a system that was just terrible at defending the edges. When you do have your cornerback be that contain or that secondary force type of defender, I felt like Oruarie, despite his size, got glued to blocks way too often, did not do a good job disengaging or avoiding contact with those blocks. I would say there were times where he kept the continuity of the defense together. He was getting blocked down the field, but he was able to at least stay somewhat outside to box that running back back to the inside. But I also don't love his hit power. I feel like he could do a much better job wrapping up, tackling, driving his feet through contact, little things about his tackling ability that just kind of bugged me throughout his film. And I only really acknowledge this because I feel like the Giants have cornerbacks because cornerbacks, they're not linebackers, they're not safeties. I get it. But the Giants have cornerbacks on their roster right now, Chris, who do all of those little things. Like Adoree Jackson, people don't talk about how good he is in run support. He's a very good run support player. Cordell Flott, I feel like he could be at least a good run support player. He just needs, he's a little bit wild into the tackle point, but he has the power to be, despite the fact that he's like 170 pounds. Whereas Oruarie is over 200 pounds. And I've seen him just get absolutely trucked over by opposing running backs. Yeah. And I think that is the problem with him as a run defender. He, he is willing, which is something I noticed back in his Penn state tape where there were instances, not all the time, but there were instances where he would make business decisions in run support. And it was frustrating to watch, but maybe that's Dan Campbell's influence last couple of years with the Lions, you know, steady diet and kneecaps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but he has become much more willing to come up, stick his nose in, get his hands dirty defending the run. Now, like you say, he has to get better at it, but I feel like if there is at least a willingness there, that's something you can work with. All right, now we need to talk about Tommy Sweeney. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. So the Giants also added backup tight end Tommy Sweeney, formerly of the Buffalo Bills. So we all are aware where Joe Shane came from. So Joe Shane knows this guy. Joe Shane scouted this guy. He was the 228th pick in the 2019 NFL draft out of Boston College. And I do believe he is a New Jersey character as well. So a fellow New Jersey player. Now, the thing about Tommy Sweeney that well, first off, let's talk about his injuries because they're a big part of his career. Tommy Sweeney had COVID early on back in 2020, and he developed myocarditis, and it ended up landing him on the IR. During that same season, Chris, he suffered a foot injury that basically took him out of the beginning of the year before he got COVID, and that foot has seemed to be somewhat of a little bit of an issue throughout 
throughout his career so far. And I also think he had some sort of hip ailment that he dealt with this last season. He only played in, I think, five games this year. And I think some of those games that he missed were also a coach's decision. The Buffalo Bills went out. They added O.J. Howard. They had Quentin Morris. They had Dawson Knox. They're not a team that ran a ton of 12 and 13 personnel anyways. So Tommy Sweeney last season only ended up playing 68 offensive snaps. So that's the type of player he is right now. So we have to make sure he's healthy and I don't feel like he is a certainty to make the team. This is a depth type of signing and certainly somebody who will be competing for the third tight end spot, not someone who will ever threaten Daniel Bellinger. No, I I think just based on his frame, uh, 6'4", 255, at least that's what he's listed at, I think he probably slots in as a direct backup to Daniel Bellinger, as opposed to uh, Darren Waller and Lawrence Cager. Th- those guys are very different types of tight ends. Sweeney, I-, I feel like he's, again, another safety net signing. The The lower body injuries, uh, foot and hip, those are kind of concerning to me. Just as somebody who has dealt with foot injuries uh, and chronic foot injuries. Uh, some people know I've had a lot of experience with plantar fasciitis. Uh, first got it when Harley was a puppy out playing with him. Uh, husky puppy, lots of energy. Anyway, you know, they are very difficult to really put behind you because, well, you kind of have to be on your feet. And that's just Living a living a normal life, let alone being a professional athlete, and yeah, I I do start to get concerned once you see injuries going up and down the kinetic chain in the lower body. That that kind of says to me, and again, this is not a doctor, not a PT, just personal experience. That start that starts to bring in the the specter of compensation injuries. And hopefully he it actually is all the way healthy. None of these things are going to crop up again because the Giants really could use some depth at tight end, particularly behind Daniel Bellinger. This is a very good tight end draft class, but the fact of the matter is the tight ends are probably better than the wide receivers. So that doesn't guarantee that a tight end will be available for the Giants to draft when the value is right to draft a tight end. Sweeney, I mean, these are both one-year deals. The presence of Tommy Sweeney should not prevent the Giants from going out and taking a tight end. Like, again, I, I'm not certain if Tommy Sweeney makes this team. He's going to have to earn that. This is someone who has been targeted 23 times in his career, 18 catches for 165 yards with one touchdown. And I've seen around Twitter people like, hey, he's a blocking tight end. Look, watch his tape. I don't necessarily think he's an overly effective blocker. I think the thing I appreciated the most about him was his competitive toughness. He has a motor for days. He's going to consistently go. He's going to always try. But somebody who is a limited receiving option with, I would say, marginal to adequate blocking effectiveness for a tight end, that's that's not, to me at least, going should prevent you from going tight end on day three if somebody falls, right? The Giants, they do like 13 personnel. They ran 13 personnel. It's not going to be something they do a lot, but when you have Darren Waller as one of your tight ends, who's not necessarily a blocker, you're going to use him in that role, but not all the time. You do want maybe a another solid blocking option. Can Tommy Sweeney be that? 
I don't I don't know. Look, I love the effort again, but I, I don't think he's necessarily people people might expect him to be like a Daniel Bellinger blocker. He's not. Daniel Bellinger is a far superior blocker, in my opinion, than Tommy Sweeney. Can he be Nick Vanette from last year? Maybe. Like I think he would be an upgrade over Tommy Sweeney or upgrade over Tanner Hudson as a blocker, but only slightly. So that's kind of where I'm at with Tommy Sweeney as a blocker. I think he's going to put that effort forward, but he's definitely not a Daniel Bellinger type. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Now, again, but when we talk about effective blockers, we just mean guys who can lose slowly enough for the rest of the offensive play to get off the way it should. You, you just don't want your tight end to get blown up at the point of attack and have an edge rusher or a linebacker blitzing player whatever in the backfield and disrupting your play before the quarterback can even finish his drop or can even complete the handoff now can Sweeney do that uh yes he he is not going to be Mark Bavaro out there Daniel Bellinger isn't going to be Mark Bavaro out there these guys really are I think kind of 11 personnel tight ends in that they can do at least a little bit of everything. Anything else, Chris, on Amani Oruarie, cornerback or tight end Tommy Sweeney? No, and right now I'm just doing a quick refresh of the news feed to see if the Giants are springing anyone else on us, but I'm sure they will wait until they somehow know that we have ended the recording and then spring another one on us about five minutes after that, which we'll get to in due course. (laughs) And that would be par for the course. But thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. If you have not done so yet, please like, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. It really helps the algorithm, helps us grow, which would be excellent. And also head on over to bigblueview.com if you want to see an extensive film breakdown on Amani Oruwariye, highlighting the things that Chris and I discussed. That will be that is up on the site right now as of Friday. So please head on over, check that out, and also just take care of each other and have a lovely day.